0: Welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast with lead pastor of Emanuel Church, Danny Anderson. Hello. We are so excited to be with you this month. We're going to switch it up just a little bit. This month, we have been, well, for the past two months, we've been talking about managing stress. We've been going through a book with you, and it's been really great feedback, really great uh, to take each part of that book and break it down. But we're taking a pause. We're taking a break because, you know, it's like when something's hot off the presses. Brand new news. We have something for you today, but don't worry. We will come back with that third installment of managing stress. But like I said, we're with Danny and we're taking just a, a brief pause this month to talk about something really exciting you've been working on. Yeah, We wanted to get to our listeners as soon as possible. So why, can you tell everybody what that is?
1: Yeah. So next month I was asked to, actually this month, uh, I was asked to come down to uh, speak at a conference called Exponential for mm-hmm. pastors mm-hmm. and church leaders. And they asked me to put together a talk on developing a deeper bench and or yeah. creating a leadership culture. And uh, the content that I put together was really inspiring to me. And I feel like it's been, I think it's going to be helpful, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. to a bunch of pastors down there. But I thought, man, it, uh, this is too good not to share with our podcast listeners. So this actually, this episode is actually really going to, I believe, be a blessing, helpful to those of us who are leading organizations, businesses, churches, right, right. Uh, where we have a staff and, and we're trying to develop leaders in our organization. So yeah, I'm excited about it.
0: Well, it's been really excited to get to hear it as it's been being developed with our leadership team you bounce some of the ideas off of us so i'm thrilled that you're going to give this and i'll tell you what even just hearing the beginning portions of it there's things that i can already incorporate and do better in my leadership from it so thank you for taking this pause awesome. and doing this for us so yeah. developing a deeper bench so we're talking about growing an organization of leaders, yeah. or we, give us some give us some more meat with those books. Well,
1: if if people know or familiar with sports, they like sports. They understand that the sports teams mm-hmm. that have the deepest bench often go the furthest. And, and what right. I mean by that is they've got their starting five or their starting team or whatever. But as the game moves on, those players need a rest and then these other players come off the bench exactly. and, and then and the team that has the better bench or the deeper bench the more the more players that can perform at really high levels almost as good as the starters yeah. those teams are typically the teams that are are the better teams or that go further uh and and win more games and i believe the same is true in organizational life the organization that has the deeper bench uh, the group of leaders underneath the top leaders right. that are firing on all cylinders, exercising their leadership gifts. Those are the organizations that are reaching their goals, they're growing, they're realizing mm-hmm. their objectives. And so, yeah, it's it's so critical for leaders to have the ability or to be focusing on this idea of developing leaders and, and, and building a deeper bench.
0: It seems like it would be very, very important. You know, um, one of the people that like pops into to my mind, as soon as you start talking about that, is a local, <laughs> a local person who's near and dear to our heart. His name mm-hmm. is Rick Johnson, and he owns uh, the three Chick Fil A's that are in our Greenwood area, which is one where of the park. very
1: one of the very few uh, leaders in the entire Chick Fil A organization that's yeah. been entrusted with three stores.
0: And he's he's incredible. For a lot of reasons. He's just a great guy. But I remember when I first met him, and he was the owner operator of the two stores here. And he was he was over everything. Mm-hmm. My son, my son at the time was five and obsessed with him, and he even took him on a little interview once with with him. But he was doing the interviews for the store, uh, for everybody, the people who worked the drive through, mm-hmm. the front line, mm-hmm. the back. But then as he got ready to grow and expand, he built an executive leadership team, which I get to work with one of the women on that, and hearing what they're doing to expand and grow and take care of their employees as well as their guests is amazing. So he he built that that leadership team to cover and then even during the pandemic he launched a brand new store that's always got a line wrapped yeah. around it <laughs> even now, but that that team that's under him does the everyday, but even deeper than that, I know that his manager at our store that's closest to our broadcast campus Mark he knows mm-hmm. me by name and he mm-hmm. knows the girls that graduated that I always met there with to uh do small group like he knows the workings yeah. of that mm-hmm. and as much as I enjoy you know my uh, encounters with Rick he's always pleasant and very kind like Mark knows and Mark's in the trenches and running the store yeah and as soon as you started talking about this, a deeper bench. I thought that's that's a coach that's built a deeper bench.
1: Absolutely, yeah. When 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 stores, especially fast food stores and stores like that, coffee mm-hmm, shops are mm-hmm. closing places and can't can't exactly. get people to come to work. Yes. You know, Rick is hiring people and opening up new stores, so he definitely is one of those leaders that is focused on building that deeper bench. Yes. And and he's getting the results from it. So.
0: Well, and I think, too, um, at at the risk of not sounding humble, but here hear my heart, I think that that's also how last month we launched another campus, mm-hmm. too, um, that's already having 300% growth in, like, the first six yeah, months. Yeah, it's
1: been pretty amazing.
0: But that's because it can be an hour away from us because that bench is deep at mm-hmm. their campus mm-hmm. and right. in our centralized teams. Right. Um, that's... There's plenty of areas that I've learned from this this talk that we uh, I could improve in, but that's one that I think that's how we're getting that campus launched. Sure, sure. So keep keep walking us along through this.
1: So yeah, so leadership development is, in my opinion, one of the most difficult things for leaders to do and, mm-hmm. and anytime I'm coaching a leader working with a leader uh, the conversation always seems to go back to I, I can't find enough leaders I can't find that mm-hmm. I'm having a problem you know filling this space and or finding somebody with the capacity to lead this area yeah. uh, personnel issues are always a primary conversation I'm having with leaders because because it's hard I mean it's very very difficult to create a, a deep bench or to create a system where where leaders are being being developed within your organization. And there's several reasons for that. Yeah, why is uh, it so we, hard? We could work through that. I think the first one is that leaders tend to be uh, perfectionists.
0: Well, none, none of us <laughs> leaders want to hear that. <laughs> we don't want to know that. We, we don't want to see that.
1: <laughs> we, we like things the way we like it. Yeah. And, and that perfectionism actually works against us mm-hmm. uh, because we're trying to accomplish something that, that that's bigger than ourselves. And so we need people to help us to do it. But right, because right. we're perfectionists and nobody does it like us, (laughs) we want to do it ourselves. Uh, So I think it's also hard, secondly, because leaders tend to be control freaks.
0: Well, those two go hand in hand, don't they? They really, really do. The reason we're control
1: freaks a lot of times is because we want things to be perfect. And so, uh, you know, we created an environment where leaders are not welcome You know, because we are the leader and we call the shots and we're in charge and it needs to be perfect and nobody does it like me. And so uh, leaders, uh, they are repulsed by that kind of environment. So, uh, and, and, you know, this is true for a lot of leaders. It's definitely true for a lot of pastors. You know, they they want to be in control and call, Mm -hmm. make all the decisions. And it's not just because they're perfectionists. It's it's also because it's human nature to want to mm-hmm. wanna be in charge and I'm the boss and, you know, ego or whatever, you know, those those darker things in a person's soul. Right. right. <laughs> uh, well,
0: even fear that what they've built through their perfectionism and control will get messed up. Yeah, they,
1: absolutely. Fe- fear that they're going to, yeah, that's a great point that they're going to, you know, everything that they've built up to this point could yeah. get messed up if they give responsibility to somebody else. So um, another reason it's hard is because... Good talent is hard to find. I mean, it's just—it's not easy. I mean, eagles fly alone; they're not like geese. They don't fly in flocks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want to hire a goose, there's plenty of them out there. But uh, you know, it's hard to find a really sharp leader that that has high capacity, and so people get tired of looking and they settle, and and so. um, But I also think it's it's difficult because uh, leadership. Creating a leadership culture or a culture that leaders are attracted to mm. is definitely one of the hardest things to do as a leader. Uh, an environment, creating an environment, and that's what we're gonna talk about today, creating right. that environment right. that would be attractive for a high capacity leader to join to join you.
0: Right. And as you're as you're listing these four, another one that pops into my mind is and uh, you can, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Sometimes it's very, very costly mm-hmm. to find once you do find talent. Uh, if you're leading a nonprofit, sometimes it's, it's costly mm-hmm. to find that it's expensive, to, right? Mean, yeah. expensive, <laughs> expensive, expensive, expensive. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I want to say one thing about the talent is hard to find and that kind of encompasses one and two as well. I think one thing that you do a good job as our leader that has provided space for um, leaders to lead is encouraging us to find that we can keep going. Don't settle. Mm-hmm. Don't settle. Keep mm-hmm. going. Because the pain of um, settling is much uh greater than the pain of having to maybe even limp along a little bit mm-hmm. to, until mm-hmm. you can run mm-hmm. again with mm-hmm. a great leader.
1: So, and then, and then have to fire that person no, a, year, a year later, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh man, that's, that's more painful.
0: That's exceedingly <laughs> more painful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so how do we do this? Yeah. Yeah. Those, let's get
1: into the the nuts and bolts of this. Um, I think a lot of leaders, need to hear this first idea and they need to let it soak in so hopefully everyone's ready and they've got their pen and they're gonna write it down <laughs> i needed this so bad but it it set me free hmm. to take my leadership to the next level mm-hmm. um but the first thing a leader needs to do to create a deeper bench is to come to grips with his or her own limitations <laughs>
0: uh, what did, what exactly do you mean by okay. that okay
1: every leaders pay attention this is so good Strong, healthy truth. You're not that good <laughs> at, at many things. <laughs> at many things. <laughs> In fact, there's only a few things that you're really good at. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've just come to grips with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's so freeing to me because what it does is it allows me to open myself up to the reality that I need to find people that are really good at the stuff I'm not good at. Mm and I can let it go. I'm not good at administration. Mm. I'm just not. I'm not good at anything technologically (laughs) techie. I'm horrible. I'm not good at management. Mm. Maybe maybe that might become as a surprise to some people listening because our organization is so big and has over 70 staff members, Mm -hmm. but I'm not good at management. That's why I have three people that directly report to me Mm -hmm. because I'm... I just can't do five. I can't do seven. I'm just not a good manager. I don't like it. It sucks the life out of me. <laughs> people don't like to be managed by me. <laughs>
0: well, hold on. That's not one of those three.
1: <laughs> I'm just not good at it. And that's okay. So that mm. means I have to have people around me that are really good at management. Because I'm not.
0: I love it that you're saying that. And just to pull the curtain back a little bit to tell a funny story, uh, when I first started reporting directly to you and I put a check-in with you weekly on yes, your yes, calendar, you, did. you were like, that's not how we do this.
1: Yeah. You wanted <laughs> to meet with me every single week. <laughs> <It> <laughs> and I let fantastic. it happen. I did let it happen for <laughs> and yes, for a couple yes, months. And did. finally, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got, we got to stop doing this. You are wearing me out.
0: <laughs> but I feel like it was great because it did show me that it I I think maybe a beautiful side effect of a leader showing their limitations mm-hmm. says per gives me the ability to say, okay, mm-hmm. I have limitations as well. Yeah. He doesn't expect perfection from me because, he knows mm-hmm. I can't cover every single thing. Right. I'm not going to be the best person at finance. Mm-hmm. But we have an incredible Kelsey but, right, Thompson that's amazing. I do and expect Josie you. Exa-
1: exactly. I do expect you to find somebody who is an expert. Absolutely. It, and, that, and that is your job as a leader. And that's my job as a leader. Right. So right. so admit to your limitations. Uh, you know, think about it like this. I oversee Kyle. Yeah. Right. And I know nothing about music. Right. Seriously. Yes. Worship songs. I I don't know if somebody's carrying a tune. I don't know. Right, right. But but at the end of the day, I'm responsible for all that stuff. Right. So I got to find Kyle and let's. Can we be honest about Kyle? He didn't sing.
0: Right. (laughs) Right.
1: But he has to be responsible to find somebody who knows. Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> if yes. somebody
1: sounds good or if a song is connecting with the audience or 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 is a is a sound worship song and so it's that's the nature of leadership. You don't have to be good at everything, but you got to find somebody who is good at it. Right, right. And that's just so freeing.
0: No, it really is. It really is. And I think we still strive in this organization to to get that right. I know I've been here eleven years and just the other day you said you don't have to know everything about HR. Mm-hmm. You have to find people who are really, really good yeah. at human resources, yeah. Rachel so and good. lead them.
1: So good. Okay, so number two, this is this is this is huge. Um, admit your limitations or come to grips with it. And then number two, you gotta lead big. And okay. here's what I mean by lead big you have to create something that leaders would want to be a part of. Hmm. And here here here's what I'm talking about. Let's see if I could articulate this well. Um, if you don't have an objective, if you don't have a vision that is that is grand in a sense. Um, if, if if all you're creating is something that would be attractive to task driven people, non-leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll never you'll never have high capacity leaders on your team Mm -hmm. because high capacity leaders want to be involved in something that is, that requires their leadership gifts. Yeah. Problem solving, team building, vision casting, all these different leadership skills, right? Right. Well, if you don't have that on the table for them, they're never going to opt in and say, oh, I want to be part of this. <laughs>
0: right, right.
1: Which is why I love our organization, and I know not everybody's in church ministry here uh, right. that's listening to the podcast, is entrepreneurs, business leaders, different types of leaders, uh, leaders in school systems and politics. But the reason I love our multi-site vision is it creates an environment or a culture where, man, we need many high capacity leaders in different spaces Mm -hmm. to pull off what we do. Mm -hmm. So we're leading big. Right. And that's attractive to leaders, uh, from the outside.
0: No, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, before I came on staff here at Emanuel, um, the only other time that I had watched there be, uh, an example of leading big is I worked for first American as an executive assistant and we had eight branches. And as we launched a new branch, putting the vision in front of them that we were going to provide exceptional title work for the real estate industry that exceeds all expectations was Mm -hmm. our vision. And so, um, watching like, the empowerment of a branch manager and how he or she ran the entire branch but stayed under the umbrella of First American, you could see that person just excel and grow, and the ownership was there. So um, the, the branch manager then could then birth out of them another branch Mm -hmm. because they owned it so much and they grew it so much that then the next one Mm -hmm. came from that. And so when I think about leading big in our organization, sure, we can put it to nonprofits and church, but it's definitely a for-profit theory as well. Here's the thing that would make my chest tight if I sat in your seat. (laughs) Like Once you do that, then And you've attracted, you've created that, and you've attracted these big leaders. You've led big; they have a big vision in front of them. Now, like, what? Isn't it scary that they could go off? (laughs) (laughs) Or like you rogue? You have to. I mean, you start sitting back and. On number 2 that you listed earlier about the control freak. Or, right. Like this could get messed up really that's fast. That's the risk. Yeah, and that's, that's the risk. The that's the why risk.
1: leaders don't do it. You know, yeah. or or if they do have a big vision, they struggle to, you know, f- see it fulfilled or see it see it executed because yeah. it comes back to, well, I can't give away control. Is what if they go rogue? What if they do their own thing? What if they get their own following? And then I'm not the leader anymore. And all these issues, you know, a lot of leadership is settling your own internal insecurities and mm. ego problems. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I, I think that the way that you can solve that is, is uh, number three, is is just giving permission. Okay. And And being clear about what they can do and what they can't do in other words giving leaders parameters to run
0: right right giving
1: them clear lines of authority here's the space that you can play in here's the area where you call the shots what you say goes right that is so so when you lead big you're creating the opportunities so now you're going to attract high capacity leaders Mm -hmm. then when they get there you have to clearly show them here's the here's the area here's the space Right. This is your zone. All the parameters. You What you say in this zone goes. That's what leaders need. They thrive in that environment. Okay. Because remember, leaders are control freaks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and they want to call the shots and they want to be in charge. And if they can't do that, they're going to leave your organization. If right. they're micromanaged, they're going to leave your organization. For sure. Right? If For you're sure. going to come into their zone and tell them what to do, they're going to leave your organization. Right. So you have to be clear, and which is, you've done a great job at that with that with our with our teams here mm-hmm. by giving them, you know, our with a document, with the green, yeah. yellow, red. Campus content. T- t- tell our audience real quick what that document is.
0: Yeah. When we decentralized, um, just to make sure everybody knew what everyone could own and work through, uh, we put in like the stoplight system so if it's red it's decided at it a centralized it's across all of our campuses it's uh it's nothing boundary is, it's a boundary it's yes. not i was going to say non-negotiable but nothing's not negotiable but the yellow is hey if you're a campus person you need to speak with the uh, centralized person and get on the same page and if it's a green then it's part of your autonomy as a campus and you and can, you get to decide
1: yes Absolutely. and you don't have
0: to check and yeah. you can Um, you can decide. We have, we have really great managers at both our centralized and campus level that do still communicate and check. It's not anyone just going off all on their own, but they, but those parameters make it easier and it makes it, um, feel safe for the people who are working under those leaders as well because Mm -hmm. then they know clearly what their expectations Mm -hmm. were. Mm -hmm. That was a painful process to get through all of those, (laughs) but but now that they're in place, it's I feel like it's really worth it. Yeah. For them.
1: Yeah. This in, in order to give permission, this is where leaders really have to focus on, you know, letting go of their perfectionism. Yeah letting it go and letting go of their desire to control everything Mm -hmm. because if you can't let those two things go then you really you really can't give permission to leaders to to exercise authority and make decisions Uh, and if you do you're gonna pull it right back you're gonna drive them crazy (laughs) Right, right. <laughs> and and if you can't give away authority and if you can't give a, give permission to your leaders, then your organization's not going to grow because now it's going to be a capacity issue on you. And you, as a leader, can't do everything. Right. So now you're limiting the growth of the organization because you won't release control. control. And and Craig Rochelle said it. And those of us in church world probably know who he is. Um, he said it in one of his podcasts. He says, you can have growth or you can have control, but you can't have both. Right. And that is a powerful truth, right there. Yeah, that yeah. all leaders need to get their get their brains wrapped around. You know, there's a statement that I've heard so many people make that is almost death to leadership. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and this is the statement: If you want something done right, do it yourself. yourself. Yeah, I know. If that is your mentality as a leader, you are. Can I just say it? You're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just are <laughs> because exactly. there's only so much you can do, right? Right, and, and you you have limited the 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 ability of your organization to reach any significant growth goals. Yeah, because you just you just you you're just not that good at any at, at that much.
0: Yeah so i uh, I want to stop there for just a second and ask you a question, and this might be a little bit of a curveball, but what do you do when when the leader that you've empowered and you've trusted you've put the big leadership in front of them you've given permission and it's and their decision was not what you would have decided. <laughs> No, you're probably thinking, Rachel. Are you listening to this? I am. I'm just yeah. saying, like, practically speaking, I feel like some people are going to be thinking that. Well, you right just, now. here's
1: it's simple. You just fire them. No, no.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: just Take kidding. That. I'm just kidding. No, no, it's a great opportunity. That's mm. the way I see that. Hey, mm. it's a it's, here's what here's what your parameters were. Here's what you were free to do. Here was your level of authority. Or uh, and 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 uh, you know, you made a decision that didn't work, or you went outside the lines of the green zone. Uh, and, and, uh, let's talk about that. I mean, look, this is a process, right? We're growing leaders. I mean, it's like in in our house when we're parenting our three teenagers, this is, it's been, it's been, uh, mostly growth through failure. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Like here's the, here's the the boundaries, here's the rules. Okay. You messed it up. Let's try that over. Let's do that again. So it really is a constant conversation. Of, right. of, eva- of which is why a culture of evaluation we should do a whole podcast on that for sure you know the the we've created a culture of evaluation we have which means yep. hey we're going to look at what you decided and how did it go and we're going to we're going to give you the feedback Right. that didn't work and right. next time we need to do it this way and so that that really helps with with uh, when leaders leaders are going to make mistakes yeah, they just we are. Do. We do. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing. It doesn't feel good at the time. Right. And there may be some cost to the, to the mistakes that they make. Uh, but, uh, that's just part of the process. And we, we do not shy away from that. You know that. Sure. Sure. We, yeah. we actually, if, if our leaders are not making mistakes, then, then there's a problem.
0: Yeah. They're probably on the sidelines. <laughs> they're not doing, <laughs> they're, the, they're yeah. not,
1: they're playing it safe yeah. and they, they don't feel like they have authority. And so yeah. they're not exercising their gifts of, of decision making and problem solving. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so they're mm-hmm. going to make mistakes and they're going to make poor decisions. And we just evaluate it and get better.
0: It goes back to that If you're not taking the shots, you're not going to miss them. You're not going to make them mm-hmm. or miss them. Mm-hmm. And I also think, OK, as you were saying that um, it goes back to the control and growth piece, having grace for people who are trying and who are on vision and who are working hard and they're going to make mistakes. That's Mm -hmm. good. That's Mm -hmm. good. Cause I think the perfectionist piece, um, we project that on other people and maybe we think they won't, but we also internalize it too. Mm. And there's not space for a lot of leaders in their own mind and heart to make a mistake Mm -hmm. and you beat yourself up over it. So that also limits growth. Well, thank you. Thank you for that little piece there. Um, I love this quote that you gave us. Um, the strength of your organization is not determined by uh, your control, but by who you empower.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah and i think a lot of leaders tend to look at their organization they say oh you know this is really working look how much i control yeah <laughs> it's not true right it's not true you that's the that's the limitations of your organization yeah <laughs> uh, that's what you're really revealing there uh, but yeah. when you when you show a person how much control you've given away and how much authority you've given away to how many lead to to a, a, a large group of leaders that really is a sign of success and future growth
0: mm That's good. That's good. So what are some things that can help us with the execution? of this?
1: Yeah, the practical side of this, and and, and this is one of the areas where I'm not good, so I'm going to to defer back to you, but I am responsible for this. And what we have to do uh, as an organization, and every business has to do this, organization, church, nonprofit, is you have to systematize leadership development. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a system. The reason our bodies work is because of our systems. Mm -hmm. think about it our our circulatory uh, I can't say it that's okay
0: circulatory (laughs) system
1: our respiratory system like we don't we don't even think about this stuff but this the systems in our body is what keeps us alive Right, right and it's the same thing that true in an organization it's the systems the things that are working without having to work at it that you've put in place that become ha- habitual mm. that's what keeps your organization running so you have to you create a system of leadership development and one of the ways that we've done that the primary way i would say is developing what we call impact team night right and right. you know i can explain that super quick and maybe yeah. you can fill in the gaps here if sure, i miss sure. something but what we've done as a church is we've said hey once a quarter we're going to get everyone Who's on our impact team and people who would like to join our impact team Our mm-hmm. impact team, by the way, is our volunteer team at right, the church. right. Uh, It's how you get on it's how you get in the process of leadership at our church and, and once a quarter we have this thing called impact Team night. Those people who are interested in joining, they separate off after some worship and food. Right. Some fellowship time. They separate off into a space called Impact 101. That's where they get like a gifts test and they get, you know, a little prep for the vision, what they're getting into, what are the options. Uh, I've sat through that. It's fantastic. Um, And then those who are already on the Impact team, they separate out into specific Training for their area. Yeah. And it's the whole thing's about an hour and a half. Yep. And then people go home. And we have, after they go through the, the folks uh, who are interested in joining the impact team, after they go through it, we have like a, I think it's like an 80% yeah. uh, retention rate of yeah. people who actually get on the team. Yes. Um, and so that is the bread and butter of how we get people involved at Emmanuel and in the process of what, what did I miss?
0: You didn't miss uh, anything, but I would say one of the things that is. The other side of that for our staff that is um, a, a happy side effect is like our campus pastors get a chance to vision cast to their campuses. And from our side and staff, um, learning to speak um, and being part of the speaking team is something all of our campus pastors aspire to.
1: And they have an opportunity to do that on yes. Impact Team Night. Yes. So they're and getting so developed in their, in their mm-hmm. communication gifts. And, yep.
0: And it even goes back to um, even... Uh, two weeks before the Impact Team Night we have something called Lunch and Learn Mm -hmm. where the staff uh, gathers and it's not mandatory but if you choose to grow in your leadership you come to the Lunch and Learn and you hear what the topic is going to be for the Impact Team Nights and even then we have uh, people in our organization like at our last one we had uh, Shay, one of our student pastors speak Um, and they speak to to the staff. So there's some speaking opportunities um, because in our organization, we're video venue. So these speaking opportunities help um, grow those leaders. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you have roundtables where you're discussing things with other staff members, some that are they're all it's all mixed in the org chart. So mm-hmm. you're around other leaders and that's an opportunity on staff to grow your leadership. Mm-hmm. So having that impact team night and then everything that surrounds it helps grow both our staff and onboard uh, our impact team volunteers that may at some point be staff members.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's where we well, that's our farm. Our farm league, yes, and so every, to have a deep bench, you got to have a farm league. Every yes. major league baseball team, yes. the NBA does it too. I mean, you got to have these these leaders in the pipeline who are being developed, and you're just watching them. You're looking for mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and uh, they're 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 hard to find. You have to really look hard for them. But you also have to have a system for it.
0: Yeah. And one of the other pieces of our system is um, in our annual budget prep, we set aside money per employee or per team for development. Mm -hmm. And it's spent at the discretion of the campus or the team Mm -hmm. so we give the monies and then that's a green light if we go back to the uh red light yellow light green light that's a space that those teams can then um Decide, okay, we want to put a lot of money toward Barb going to this convention. The rest of us are going to do something online for free this year. Mm-hmm. But we really want her to get this. Mm-hmm. So you can decide as a team. And that's that's autonomy. And that allows that campus to grow. Because we can't know the interdynamics of every single campus. Um, you know, we look at health. But as far as like what each person needs development, that's at the leader's hands. Right. So um, – <clears throat> that's one of the other ways that we have systematized it is putting the expectation that people will get outside training mm-hmm. and then funding it. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Of course, we always do staff meeting and there's leadership development yes. and all our our once a month staff meetings, but these are just rhythms and rituals and things that we've, we've put into place in our mm-hmm. organization that, that basically creates this. Yeah, we're, we're developing, we're growing, we're looking for leaders. And our, our organization again is a, a has a big vision. Right. So the, the the we're expanding so there's always room for more leaders to come in. And that goes back to number number two, which is you got to lead big.
0: Yeah. And I will say uh three years ago we did a staff survey and there were uh, plenty of areas that we could improve on but this specific area about a system of development was one that our staff um, knows is important to the team and values it, but also says that they, that they get it because we do go through books at both our uh, team level and at our staff level. And even just the last book that we went through as a whole staff was brought up by one of our, um, one of our campus pastors, Mm -hmm. Cody Johnson. Mm -hmm. So he brought that to
1: us. Yeah. Extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. Great book. Yep.
0: And we didn't, seek that out and i think that goes even back to uh what we talked about about the control piece because i know sometimes in some organizations it everything always comes down from the top always and i see that here there's different times when when that door is open for it to come uh up through the org chart but that's that's the that's some of the systems that we have i'm sure there's more yeah because i don't know all of them either so. that
1: pretty much covers the gist of it though yes yeah.
0: yeah yeah well this i hope that whether you are um in a church organization a nonprofit or a for-profit organization that you sat and you wrote down some of these um steps because uh as someone who started in this organization as a part-time employee as a nursery and preschool director and has got to move through i i can tell you that these have been super helpful in growing my leadership because mm-hmm. i don't think i would have had the skills i had now without without these being in place so thank mm-hmm. you you're welcome Well, as always, you can check our show notes for anything that we've mentioned today. We are going to put um, some of our staff in the show notes, their email, so that if you're interested in hearing about how we've systematized some things, uh, we'll put what the system is and who the staff member is in the show notes for you. We are always grateful when you like and follow and share this. If there's someone that you know that needs to grow their Bench deeper, uh, maybe very kindly send this, send this to them. Uh, but we are thankful that you join us month after month. And as a reminder, come back next month for our third week in managing stress. And we're going to wrap that uh, little mini series up. Thank you so much for all of this, Pastor Danny. You're welcome. Right. We will see you next month. Thanks again. God bless.